It's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Let's start the show indeed. We're a little bit delayed bringing this episode to you, but we're here now. I'm Andy Lewis, and I'm joined by Papa T-Sauce. What's up, Papa? Well, you know, I just, we could make up a story about how we just kept listening to that intro over and over again. Oh. It's so cool <laughs> oh my God. that we couldn't get past that to start the interview. We've been trying for a week, haven't we, or something uh, yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, actually yeah, yeah. that I, I had a little short little vacation. I went to Chicago uh, with my brother <laughs> and just had a great time seeing a concert in Chicago. And I'm, we're just getting back into the swing of life here and... This was the first open available time we had to sit down and record. So there you go. But I actually think it's strategically good because, you know, most of you listeners, thank you. First of all, we don't say it enough, but thank you for listening to our podcast. It still blows my mind that there's so many of you that want to listen to me and my dad be goofballs about Formula One, but I sure <laughs> as hell appreciate it. Um, we actually, me hit a, too. <laughs> we actually hit a, a pretty awesome milestone uh, where we have over a a thousand downloads of our podcast so thank you so much i really really appreciate all of the support um if you feel so inclined to like go and leave a review on apple podcasts that would help us a ton and we would really appreciate it and if you don't no sweat because i don't do that for a lot of the podcasts i listen to and i should even because i'm i'm now doing it so i will <laughs> um, oh, you're acting like a little hippie uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking, you know, you know, speaking of hippie. talking about that, that, that the amount of downloads, it reminded me of a song. Oh yeah, what song? The, the one that Shirley Temple sang in some movie about where she's a star, and she goes, "I want to be in pictures. Oh man, I want to make you smile." Okay. Doesn't that, the only thing is, is we're not on video though. So wait, way to happen. way to bring the way to bring the cutting edge references down way to way to really be up with culture and to to the listeners i apologize for that screeching sound for Mike, 1959 <laughs> what did you uh yeah bring it bring in the heat today dad well let's jump <laughs> enough of this nonsense let's let's start talking about formula one what do you say or oh, say or are actually what i want to talk about politics <laughs> of formula one i promise we will talk hey, about the race but I, I feel like we need to uh i promise we're going to talk about the race but i really do feel like uh with the events leading up to the race and just the location of this grand prix there was a lot brought up and and i think we need to have to spend a couple minutes discussing that um about whether or not you know formula one should be racing in saudi arabia um, what do you think, Dad? Well, should definitely they shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I think that, uh, as evidenced by the, the the missile attack, was it the day before the race? Yeah, I think it. Well, or I think was it, it was before practice or, or, or after practice. I'm I'm, I'm was it between on my practice timeline. and quality? I thought it was somewhere between. Uh, free practice three and quality, yeah. but whatever. It still was <laughs> scary. I mean, I mean that's kind of dangerous. Um, yeah. And 
Uh, but it's okay because and then I guess, the, the F1 and the officials ruled that it was still safe to carry out a race, even though they had a mil- missile defense system there protecting the racetrack. Well, you know, the other thing is that I didn't know that everybody, um, you know, the the leadership or the administration of FIA is that uh, they all went to a military academy to understand military tactics. They, no, that's not true. Well, I know that. <laughs> but if they make the decision. Oh, I see what you're saying. Who knows what they said? When you when you throw a yeah. gajillion dollars in the mix, uh, you can make a lot of stuff up. Yeah. I mean, I, you can even make a person up that said that, that it was okay. So. I think there's been a lot of protest from the drivers last year, you know saying that they really didn't think that they should be going to Saudi Arabia. But then I think you throw on the fact that they're having missile strikes close enough to the circuit as they were and, you know, a conflict, an active conflict that has been going on for, for I think, eight years. I mean, we're not racing we're not racing in Russia because they're involved in an active conflict right now. But yet we come to Saudi Arabia and they have a 15-year deal and we're racing, even though there was a, a missile strike miles from the circuit. Um, I just seen, I, I can't, you, we have to discuss the active hypocritical nature of that, um, of, of, of racing in Saudi Arabia and not racing in Russia. And I just, as I think we shouldn't be racing in Russia, I think we also should not be racing in Saudi Arabia. And I was listening to the race and they had a little discussion about this as well. And, and one of the guys there, um, made an excellent point that, you know, there are human rights and safety ratings that the world governing bodies give countries. And I think the easiest way to decide where and when races should happen should be de- de- based on a, a an unbiased number, a rating. And if they don't meet that rating, say, hey, man, thanks for having your interest in our awesome sport. But however, you need to step up human rights in these areas. You need to boost this rating. And then Formula One would be happy to happy to look into have, holding a race there. But just setting the precedent that if you offer enough money, they'll turn a blind eye to all of the, your your naughty behavior. I just think that's a that's a bad situation to be in. Definitely. I, I was just looking up. Do we have a? I don't want to sound stupid, but I, I really want to know: Are we having a race in China too? I know it's rumored. I know it's rumored. They ever since they added Zhou to the, you know, having right. a Chinese driver. They, but we have in the past. Well, yeah, and and if we're, wor- if we're worried about uh, if we're worried about human rights issues, I mean. I think it's pretty clear that China's got an issue with that as well. And so should we get rid of that race too? I mean, now we're starting to cherry pick. But that's that's why I think it just needs to be a decided upon rating. You know, if your UN rating for human rights or World Watch, World Watch or whatever that, those you know, is below a certain score, we don't do business in your country. It'd be so easy to say, we want to do it, but we can't. Sorry. Get your rating exactly, up. and it, it gives you really... the out. It's just it's just a you don't have to say well it's oh you're being racist or oh you're you're cherry picking because that's what they're doing now. It's basically yeah. just who offers the yeah, most money. I, I, hey, <laughs> what about the uh, 
it seems the common denominator in a lot of things, Formula One, it, comes, it relates to the money. Uh, absolutely. So. Well, and I think, but I think they're also addressing that. You know, they're starting to put in cost caps. They're starting to. But it, well, and with, and it does with, cost money to race the top of the line equipment all over the world. Yeah. Let's not. Of course it does. Of course it does. Uh, but yeah. I also think a lot of people are making a lot of money personally. <laughs> too. Yeah. Oh. You know. <laughs> when you watch well, Drive to Survive that's... and everybody's flying around on private jets, I mean, they're not losing money doing this. Let's be honest. Well, and then. So with moving into the hybrid power unit era, was that just a, uh, is that a real uh, strive to try and be less environmentally impactful or was well, it a, I, I think, a ploy to make car formula one more popular because, Oh, they're going green. Well, Even no, racing no I think, green. I think it's just the, you know, Formula One and, and most of motorsport is still the test bed for innovation. And these car manufacturers, the one of the ways that they justify having an, a very expensive racing division is advancements in technology that can then be implemented in their race car in their road cars. And, you know, that's been the push for decades now in in motor cars uh, or road cars is, you know, higher power, more efficient less capacity and so i think i think it's 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 a it's a little of both it's a lot of all but and there is no doubt that but uh, you know they did i heard one of the f1 guys talk about that actually a a non-hybrid more efficient higher revving formula one engine is actually more efficient on fuel consumption than a lower revving hybrid engine um that at the level of, of innovation and design that we're at, like you can design an engine that is naturally aspirated V10, V12 that revs to 29,000 RPM. That's going to actually use less fuel than a, a 1.6 29. That's what some of them. Yeah. Well, I remember before the hybrid era, we were looking at 19, 20,000 RPM. And no, no, no. That was no, on the, the V8s were limited to 22,000 limited okay yeah and that was i mean but we're talking and that was what 2008 think of what they could invent now gordon murray and cosworth just they're putting a road car engine with a v12 that revs to 12,000 rpm you're telling me formula one can't get 12 more they easily could oh i'm not saying they couldn't but also those were some of the more spectacular races too. Well, but I think, <laughs> but again, it's, it's, it's still got to be grounded in the real world. I think like you can't, I mean, I w- as much as I would love to hear screaming V10s and V12s return, but I, I, I just think that that's not the times we live in, unfortunately. And I think yeah, just I think like, getting, correct. you know, just like getting back to what we were saying about Saudi Arabia is like, unfortunately, these are the times we're living in and these kind of discussions, I think, need to happen because I want to see Formula One preserved. I don't want it to be a relic of, of an old world. I want it to continue to, to gain younger and younger and newer and newer fans and, and have, it, have it grow, not just die out, you know, and lose popularity. I think if we have to be honest, like, like the NFL or some of these other, you know, sports leagues that 
fail to properly address the problems that are happening in their in their leagues and it's they're losing viewers and losing ratings and losing overall popularity of their sport because they're not changing with the times they're not gaining new fans and unfortunately the news flash is that everybody dies <laughs> and so if you don't gain new fans your fandom is set steadily shrinking every year um yeah, it's a setup. so and and the one positive thing that we should say about being in saudi arabia that i heard on the races that uh you know they they had some awesome genuine interactions with the people of saudi arabia and we have to remember that you know everybody can be a fan of a sport and it it does suck that these people live in these countries where their government makes decisions that they don't agree with i mean we have it here but um it is good to try and be in different places and in different countries that aren't just European or American or Western, but like, I know that there was also rumors of putting a, a race in Vietnam and back in North Africa. And like, I think it, w I do want to see genuinely cool, new, interesting destinations that bring more people to the sport. I just think that there kind of needs to be a better litmus test of deciding what those countries are and not allowing people just because they have more money than, than other governments, you know, a seat at the table. I stand in agreement, Andrew. <laughs> awesome. Well, that being said, we can also what we'll briefly touch on more track news because this week was a. Well, the other thing is, wait, 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 from the racing standpoint yeah. as well. I think there's so, concerns there. I think there's concerns for more than just the drivers, but but I mean more than any other track in the in the schedule. I think there's some So you want I thought we were going to talk about factors. this when we talked about mixed crash. Yeah, okay. Let's save that for when we talk about mixed crash because I was just Let's trying to that. tell our fans before so abruptly interrupted that speaking of adding tracks to the calendar it was officially announced oh. by F1 that Vegas is joining the 2023 calendar. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to have three U.S. Course. Grand Prix. Yeah. yeah. First as time a, since the 80s. Code. And I'll, I'll say that the, the street layout, if you haven't seen it, maybe I'll post the, the street layout, um, the course um, layout uh, on Instagram for this episode post uh but it looks kind of boring to me i don't know did you did you catch a peep at that pops well yeah because i want to be sure we're, we're talking about the the same course but um there's that straight yeah, and it looks like, like it would be it, it'd be it looks like it'd be a flat out kind of like um it looks like it's almost like curva de grande kind of monza straight not straight well, but it's, I think it would be flat out. It doesn't look oh, that no huge of be. an angle. And so, golly, that's got to be a couple kilometers long, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, can you imagine that the is speed the straight, It goes along the strip. I think they were trying, they're really yeah. trying to incorporate the strip. Um, and the, and then, but I mean, it, it looks like the, like if you were looking at the picture of the, of the the diagram of the race course, the north the top part is the curvy part, 
Yeah, but even then, that's kind of like there's like ten. I think there's ten turns over the whole over the whole circuit. Well, that's what I'm. Just, that's I'm. That's what I'm getting at. I think it's going to be really fast and multiple places to pass. So I don't know if I'd call it boring. It looks. It looks out of the ordinary, we'll say. But golly, it looks like it could be like just amazingly fast multiple opportunities for passing. And so I don't know if I'd call it boring. But it's I, cool I, I, it's I guess I don't want to, I guess boring was maybe the wrong word. It doesn't look very interesting. It doesn't look very complex. It doesn't look like, like a Suzuka or Hulkenheim or it looks more but like, we like see, a Monza or Red Bull ring or like just kind we, of more of a circuit. Yeah, but what are, you know, and we'll get to the, this is about the race that it, this in Saudi Arabia was the cat and mouse going between Leclerc and uh, Verstappen. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine having 10 times more of those kind of things going on? Let's get into that. Cause yeah, Let's, I think they've suffered through 17 minutes of pretty, pretty just talk radio news and let's get into the racing um, action. I mean, cause we do have a, there was a lot of great things that happened at this race. Like it was a very exciting race to watch. And it, I agree. I think it started in qualifying with Mr. Freaking Checo Perez himself getting his first pole in 215 races. Uh, that that stat blew me away. It just Absolutely. like it really did. I was like, I I I kind of knew. I think that he had never gotten a pole, but I didn't like. Can you imagine being in a sport for 10 years? And doing it 215 times, and you finally do it at a very difficult street start, street course. And it just it just doesn't it just, that can't be right. When I first heard that, because Perez is a good driver. I mean, he's a great driver, but one of one of the, his critiques has always been that his out route single lap pace is is lacking. It and the thing that's kept him in the sport for so long is his superb tire management and racecraft. He's a very smart racer. Whereas yeah. you have people like well we we've yet to see it really been tested with George, but definitely during his his run at Williams, Mr. Saturday, he is insanely fast over a single lap, but when it comes to tire management and strategy and and overtaking and defensive driving or even Botas. Botas is another example who is has several times out qualified Hamilton at in in similar you know, who's one of the all time greats, but yet does struggle in race in racing conditions. Um Checo is somewhat the opposite. I think he always is Mr. Consistency and puts uh great laps in, brings the car home if the car can make it home and, you know, manages tires better than anybody. And we saw with him last year an incredibly amazing defensive driver, even when you have Lewis Hamilton as the person that you're defending. I was, I was just thinking the same thing, and then you throw in the teammate aspect. And isn't he considered kind of a nice guy? I think he's. Like, I, I, I think I, I think he's liked. I, I think he's also kind of. He's just been there for so long that it's like you know. Right. Um. But yeah, and and what a. I mean, it's such a bummer that to be on such a great pace. And to have a, such a great start to the weekend, um, to have it all fall apart in the race, I was really gutted when <sighs> just and – it, and it's just luck. Like it's just bad luck. Um, it's 
it's racing. It's racing. It is. It is. It's just racing. It's but, not, but isn't it's it funny luck, that it was Latifi luck. again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Ferrari really played played Red Bull with that when they said, "Oh, we're going to come in and pit right here." And oh yeah, I think they said, "Come in and pit." You are. I, I was hoping we would get into that because that was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. The, okay, here we go. Here we go. Then a fake out. And it's like, do whatever that he was, do uh, the opposite of whatever he does. And I think, but I mean, to be fair, that, that is a common strategy in pit, pit strategy. And I don't, oh, yeah, it's nothing new. I think it's fair to say that it, uh, it bears reminding our listeners that every team can hear every other team's radio. It's a, it's a free-for-all yeah. for radio out there. And so they'll have codes and, <laughs> and stuff that they use. But, you know, it is – that's why you'll hear, like, Lewis or Max go, these tires are, are crap. I can't – have no grip. And then they set the fastest lap in the race. <laughs> so lap. there's a bit of, uh, uh, of playing playing your opponents. And, and it worked this time because <laughs> they – I mean, Perez had to cover – on a street circuit, you have to cover off your contenders no matter what. And so yeah. even, if he, uh, even if he didn't pit, it, I mean, there's no telling that if that was the wrong move either because Leclerc's tires were showing dig at that point, even though, you know, he still went out, he stayed out on him for another lap. But that's whole, that's the whole undercut overcoat debate that we've talked about multiple times where it just it, you just don't know. We don't know how fast Perez's stop would have been. We don't know how 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 getting those new – the new hards up to temp. We know that that can be difficult. Like there's a lot of factors that would have gone into him retaining the lead through a pit stop, but it just sucks that it, it wasn't that, you know, that we didn't get to see it play out. He didn't get the, he didn't get the chance to right. have, have his very first pole play out because let's be honest, more often than not statistically getting a pole position leads you to getting a win in a race, especially yeah, at a that. straight circuit. So, and as we saw, it's not always the case, but... Yeah, we saw the strategy play out, and then we saw what luck or unluckiness can cause. Precisely. And I do think we need to, <laughs> we do need to touch on how did Perez get the pole at all? Because, let's, like we said, he's not known to be a quick driver, and Leclerc is known to be a quick driver, and Max is known to be a ph- phenomenal qualifier. We saw that many times against Lewis last year. He outqualified Lewis over the season last year. And the thing that I found is that it was he is still not listening to the tire bedding in. He's still not properly bringing his tires in. And so that o- over the course of the lap, he actually overheated his softs and they weren't at the correct operating temperature for the back half of the lap which is when you really want that those tires at the right temperature and Perez doing better with tires was able to to perfectly have those temperatures in their operating window and bring him his first pole and I mean narrowly bring him his first pole so what do you have to think about that I mean we've talked about this you and I about about is Max Max needs to I think this is a new era and he really needs to learn how to to be a racing driver in this era. Yeah, someone someone needs to go up to him and say, "Kill, bro." Yeah. You know? 
I, I, I chill, bro. It's exactly right because it's costing you poles, man. And I mean, as we and subsequent race, this it's just so much stuff goes in to having a successful lap, let alone a successful race. Yeah, Uh, it's just that's that is really the thing that kind of kind of draws you in. It's just so many aspects of auto racing that play into minute advantages and or disadvantages that make that makes a difference in the outcome even in the season of being a champion or not but in this in this instance in this qualifying perez beat out leclerc by two one hundredths of a second you just gotta love it i was so stoked I, (laughs) i was watching it in the hotel room when i was in chicago live and i woke up my my friend that was he was taking a nap next to me, and I was so excited. He was like, woke up, was scared. He's like, what's going on? I was like, check out God, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was exciting. I mean, it was great because he's a guy you just got to like. Okay? I, I've always been a fan. It's just such a cool story yeah. how he was not having a drive. Then he gets the Red Bull drive. now, And, yeah. and I mean, let's be honest. He's <laughs> having a great start to the season. I mean, he was set for a, a P3 finish. In the previous race, before he had a retirement, no fault of his own, he his the very next race he puts it on pole for the very first time, and I mean struggled with the safety car and stuff, but still brought it home fourth. Um, and I think that's a I think that like it's a hard. He probably should have passed signs, um, but imagine the blow to your mental like the mental part of the of the racing when you realize you just lost your pole because of a stupid safety car, then you miss, you miss getting into third place on that same safety car because of just, just meters, literally meters off from getting into the third place. I just think you're kind of starting. I feel like he kind of just didn't seem to be on top of that car as much after getting those two huge blows. And I think, you know, that's those kind of things set the difference between great or you know really really good drivers which Checo for 100 percent is he's has a great career in the sport and the all-time greats you know the 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 championship winners is like you saw lewis so many times dig himself out dig himself out never giving up and i think some people just just don't have that but maybe so but i I would you know it's just that particular instance was just I mean, 10 years in the sport, he was due, he's been due, and it just, it it, kind of guided you, but there'll be other opportunities more than likely. I hope, hope maybe the taste of that was so sweet that he's going to just, we're going to see a new Perez this whole season. Well, that will have to help his confidence, Uh, and he is, he's a great manager of his equipment. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on to what we want to talk about is that battle between Leclerc and Verstappen. Another just just absolutely stellar back and forth turn. I think it went on for 10 laps this time. Something like that. I mean, how can you not love watching this stuff? I mean, it's uh, just it's just awesome. And it just seemed again like Leclerc was just playing Max, like just knew 
Max's response to everything. And I think it really just boiled down to the fact that the Ferrari just didn't have the pace on the straights that the Red Bull did. Well, you are... I, I think that that is just a... Uh, uh, I got so excited I lost my thought. <laughs> a little verklempt? I got verklempt. Um, It'll I probably th- come back to me. I think I think maybe you were going to talk about that they did get a little bit unlucky with the VSC as well. And LeClaire had just a little bit more trouble bringing um, his hards back up to temperature that Max actually maybe got right on that one. But I do also think that it came down to the fact that Red Bull was just their their power unit is very strong. We we saw that toward the end of last year, and we definitely are seeing it this year. And they were also running a lower downforce wing than the Ferrari did. Um, and I think that just just was enough because I mean Leclerc was so he was right there on the on the last turn. He was right there. It was oh. it was it was meters meters were in it, and I think he just yeah it was it was great. I think the tire so temp and then the the having that VSC come out and having to to manage those tire temps and he just couldn't and then having that that wing on the back of his car just was just enough to keep to bring Max home first. So here we talk we're talking about aerodynamics again and who's the aerodynamic dude? Well, and for I th- yeah, the yeah. Dude. And I think it's just, I think it's, they're still figuring out these cars. Like, they, we, we're going to see a lot more of this, where it's really learning the setup. This These cars and their setup to their track is so important. The aerodynamics of this is just really, really important. Um, and having a strong engine underneath you as well. I mean, look, especially when you're at the one of the fastest tracks on the circuit and the fastest street street track. Um that is on the calendar when, if you're going to be better in a straight line, I think that's the advantage that ended up being the deciding factor. Well, and then, um, let's see who, wasn't there an alpha Tari, um, up there? Not quite ways down five or something. Wasn't there? No. Gasly finished in eighth behind Norris. Oh, and Sonoda didn't bad. finish the race or didn't even start the race. Didn't even start, yeah. Um, okay. I want to talk about Science. My boy Science. Uh, just ah. another really solid race, but still, still a couple of tenths off of uh, his teammate. But when I was looking in in qualifying, he's more of a con- he's he's maybe he's definitely not a f- out and outright faster qualifier. Definitely not than Leclerc. But man, he is super consistent. From his fastest count is Q1, Q2, and Q3. It's literally two tenths of a second improvement each each uh, each qualifying session. It was, uh, and I feel like he is Mister Consistency, and I I just hope that he's just biding these points finishes and biding these points finishes and waiting for you know a Leclerc Verstappen incident um, or something or reliability again to keep keep him just in the contention and I think that's how he ended up beating Leclerc over the over the whole last season and I hope I hope for his sake because I want to see him get his win and I want to see him do well uh that he's just just being where he needs to be right now maybe running not spectacular races and drives and not in these battles but man a, a podium every race wins you <laughs> wins you a world championship I can tell you that um 
What about you? What do you have to say about that? Well, I think that as they're trying to figure out the cars and how they work, and I, uh, I wish I would have paid more attention to or looked into the porpoising issue and how that's all getting handled better by one team versus another. But, uh, you know, Ferrari appears to have, uh, I think, the power units have over the long haul. Oh, I think it's not all races are going to be. Yeah. And so I think that puts Signs in a very good place, even though he's, like you say, he's unspectacular, but his thing is his consistency. And so I think you can count on almost every time he could be on the podium. Whether he's, if he's third, but that's a lot of points for your constructor and for yourself individually. And, and whether Leclerc can um, maintain his equipment, he's still a young guy. He's a great driver, but young people make foolish decisions during races too, and he could be out. Well, I think uh, that, that just, just the fact that if you're, if you're at Sainz, you're not, you're not being put as, as frequently in the position to have – a collision or a mistake happen because you're not racing wheelie wheel. And, and as well as that may be funner and more challenging and kind of what being a racing driver is about, I think over this, over the season, the less, the less opportunities for collision are going to be better statistically over your points off throughout the whole season. Um, and I think I actually, that, that triggers something in my head is that I feel like we did, I'm seeing a different max than the max that was racing Hamilton last year. Funny, there wasn't any collisions where uh, Leclerc ran into the back of Max or uh, these push off the track, um, you know. And I, 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 I saw a couple other people talking about this too. Are, are we seeing a diff? Is Max racing Leclerc differently than he raced Hamilton? And are, 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 are is enough people being like looking at that? Because I feel like it's very different. So you think that there's a uh, higher degree of rivalry between Hamilton and Verstappen versus Leclerc and Verstappen? Is that what you're saying? Or I don't know. I mean, it's I don't think Leclerc and Verstappen they've been rivals for a lot longer than Verstappen and Hamilton are, and it's not like they're battling over a different championship. Like, is it's but maybe it's just the added dislike for Hamilton for being so successful and maybe a different age, maybe there's some sort of age kind of thing there um, where, you know, Leclerc is more of his contemporary and he, maybe he views Hamilton as this, this old guard and this incredibly successful legend, you know? Yeah. But I, to beat I, a legend is to, uh, is to uh, be better recognized than to, Beaten uh, Leclerc? Yeah, I just think, you know, like, we, you, let's compare Leclerc's radios after races and Hamilton's radios after races. Leclerc has said twice now, wow, that was great. Great driving. What a, you know, that was that was hard. That was so hard, but so great. And, you know, Max er, and Lewis's were, what the heck is going on with this guy? He's super dangerous. You know, like, <laughs> I, I just think if you compare those radio and incidents that we saw, and, you know, this is a long season, 
as as the points get higher and higher and the races get fewer and fewer, maybe we'll see a different Max and a different Charles. Um, but I, I just I, I, the the races that I the the racing that I'm seeing is is much more thrilling, but also much more respectful from both drivers. Um, and I, I just. It, I just, I, I just wanted to, I just had to throw that out there. I think it's a, a there's definitely different racing going on from my eyes, but I am enjoying it nonetheless. I agree. I, I mean, we all grow up and we all understand the long game better as the years go by, and so we're probably that. seeing some of that. We're probably seeing some of that, uh, or you know, Max can get a little emotional at times, and maybe Leclerc doesn't stir the emotion of that Lewis stirs in their stopping. So is it a head thing? I don't know. I guess we'll to, Mac, yeah, Max it, said it, some it, things it, about, about Hamilton too. So maybe that's it too. Maybe they just, they've been racing each other for longer. And so they have a better understanding of the way each other races. Um, I don't know, but I just, let, yeah, we'll move on from that. Cause yeah, we, we gotta, gotta, we gotta talk about Russell and the Mercedes and what happened there. Um, cause that was the what other big shock of the shocker. I mean, Russell, Russell qualified fifth and what, where, where did Hamilton qualify? Hmm. I can't remember. Do you remember? I feel like something like, absolutely bonkers crazy happened. Like a Mercedes 10 or 11 or something. Like didn't even get out. No, I think it was fifth. Oh no, he didn't get he out of didn't Q1. Even get out of Q1. Yeah. Q1. Freaking! It was that was Hamilton's first Q one knockout since guess when? I want to hear your guess. Like never on pace, first <laughs> non Q one or Q one knockout since. Give me a give me a year. I want to hear your year guess. What well, was his first year? Wasn't it? Nope. Two thousand and nine. On pace, first Q1, non-Q1 advancement since 2009. He had, and that's on pace. He did have some where, where he crashed, but I, I think Brazil, 2012. But, um, wow, I was just so shocked. That did, how could we forget that? Uh, like. So the there are some reasons for that, and that, you know, Hamilton, it was, Hamilton one was running a slightly different setup to Russell where he took a gamble on some some tire pressures and they really didn't pay off but um I and it wasn't that Hamilton was doing bad it was just that his their desi- the decision to set up the car the way they did was the wrong decision because there was a couple of stints where they were both on the hard tire and even Russell's tires were um you know 16 or so laps newer than Hamilton's and Hamilton was putting two tenths on him over the sector, but he was just in a worse start because his qualifying pace was so, so rubbish. Um, so he was driving a poorly set up car. Well, it just was that poorly set up and the Mercedes is just flat out nine tenths off of the, off of the lead. That's just how, that's just how slow they are. That's just where that Mercedes is right now. Now that's, Per lap, you're saying, or yeah, per lap, yeah. they just pace their outright pace over the weekend, which doesn't 
how does that happen? It's just such a it's dominant just, team. Well, their their design is so so radically different, and their porpoise issue is just so so bad that they're having to run that car at a ride height. It's like you choose slamming the car up and down into the ground down the straights or running at a very suboptimal um, ride height. And it's just killing them on these high-speed stuff. Like, they just have to run the car that way. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, it could be, it doesn't seem likely, but it could be this, they're just analyzing and analyzing and they find this thing and it's just one little wing or this one little thing and then a switch hits and they're at the top again. So well, and, and you also have to. I think the dose of bad luck for Lewis this race was higher than most. Oh, he did. I mean, I, I still think okay, he's on the deficit because of his qualifying pace, and he has to own that. And I think he did, but he did get unlucky with the VSC. Um, I think seventh was on the table for him, uh, but he had to settle for tenth. Man, I mean, that's still five places off of Russell. So he's Russell's leading in the in the in the team right now. And that's definitely not where Hamilton wants to be sitting. He doesn't want to be having the new guy the first year in the seat be winning or doing better in points and qualifying and finishes. So I think there's going to be a lot more analyzation of car setup going into races. So yes, think. But but after- no really I mean his bad luck was he, well, he was so unlucky. I mean, he, too. he, he it, but I mean, it's still, it's still on him and That's his side the of the race. garage. That's you know? the racing. Yeah. He, he could, there was a slot he could have fit in during that VSC, but, you know, there's just a couple things where, you know, he's coming around the corner and he sees double wave yellow, so he doesn't know if he can pass, but then he sees that Alonzo's is actually stopping, so he gets to go by Alonzo, but by the time he gets to the straight, there's Ricardo's car sitting on the entrance so he doesn't know if the pit lane is open and by the time they figure right. it out by the time this the strategist said come yeah. in now he's at the end of the start finish straight and he he's at the end of the straight <laughs> yeah boy that was that's racist that's the, but it, the I part think, that what was it hungary or or something last in 2020 where he got he went into a closed pit straight and they got they got a 10 second penalty you know like there is sometimes where there's these right. slip ups that cost you don't them know. huge. Yeah, you, you try to limit your liabilities, and sometimes it doesn't pan out because it just things just the sequence of how things happen set you up for uh, it's just not going to pan out today, bud. And it still does come down to you because if you wouldn't have been in that situation, if you would have qualified better. I mean, that was always what they okay, said. What, what they the always said too, about Botas last year is like, oh, you know, we'd say, well, Botas had bad luck. Well, he was having bad luck because he was in a part of the track where he shouldn't have been. And Hamilton should not be in P15. <laughs> like, well, he doesn't have much, he doesn't have much experience from coming up through the field from no. that position. But, we know he can. Brazil last year, we know he can yeah. do it like three stinking but times over the weekend. But, so when you have a, a car that's at a disadvantage you those being able to draft and uh, use your drs more frequently being in the mid back or the mid pack um that doesn't overcome the fact that you're slow 
and that yeah. for some reason you were unable to qualify anywhere near your teammate and certainly not being being able to get on the Q1 is like just drop my jaw. And I hope, I really do hope that is some some sort of a, a, a they find something uh, that they can fix really easy and because it would be so stinking awesome to have a three car race, a three cars, three you know I want to re- I want a repeat of two thousand and seven where we're going into the last race with three people that could win the world title or four people that could win the world title you know and I'm not also just saying that because they're my they're my driver team in my in one of my grid rival leagues. Um, and they're not helping me. <laughs> I think I'm in like 2,000th place in that league. But a little little shout out to me being in first place in the American's Guide to Formula One Grid Rival League, which if you haven't joined, go ahead and join. You still can, even though the season started. And for those of you in yeah. last place, <clears throat> need to, pick, sure need to fill their whole lineup, and they might do a little bit better. I, I I don't think it has anything to do with the uh, the fact that I only had one driver in uh, there, well, but forgot. Well, I mean, but I think I think you probably cheated. Sucks to suck. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. But no, well, uh, we're having a lot of fun in the league, and let's uh, if, for those of you who are in the league, uh, let's get that that comment section going. I want to know who all y'all are and all your teams are. So. Um, and shout out to Brandon. Uh, he's in second place. He's giving me a run for his money. He's got a really good team, it looks like. So, um, no, he's giving you a run for your money. That's what. Yes, correct. I I am Don't the one eat. winning. Let's not you forget. <laughs> so, uh, top shout out. Top uh, top point scores will get shout outs on the on the pod because I know you want to hear. Everybody wants that, right? What What about? Is there something in it for the best comeback of the season? Well, we'll see. Well, it's going to be you, probably, <laughs> or, or all the people who haven't joined the league yet and are two races out. But the the sooner you join the league, the more points you'll end up scoring, guys. And, so and I mean, if Dad still forgets to not fill out his lineups, you know, you you can at least pass Dad. So, <laughs> so, 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 so you're telling me I still there's still a chance? There, you're, so. So you're saying there's a chance. I mean, I mean, it, it, Magnuson's got to feel pretty good, though, because you're saying just with Magnuson, you can win the whole stinking thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is the first year I've played this. I'll hey, have to see how yeah. the strategy plays out because you got to pick for so many races. I know. It's then, good. And then, you, then I just found out about seeing if I could rearrange my uh, lineup and it costs you once you have a guy that's gone into a, a, one race into your contract, you can't, you have to buy out. Yeah. Anonym to trade him out. So I found that out the hard way, <laughs> but I, 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 I still, I just got a feeling that with that Ferrari power, Haas did something. Oh yeah. They're going to be, they're going to, they may be part of my comeback. Well, speaking of learning the hard way, let's go into the other great battle of the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix, and that is the mm-hmm. Ocon Alonso battle. That was just awesome to watch again, but seemed kind of silly that it was happening at all. Well, we have seen that not play out very good, but boy, it sure was fun to watch. And then 
Nobody Especially with be, Ocon. Uh, I mean, I remember when Ocon and Perez were just like, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you mean in the terms of here comes a safety car yeah, or what? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, what are those things? Here comes a double <laughs> DNF and a safety car. So I think that, That's I mean, great. we didn't see that. I did, I did think that that, that start-finish straight where Ocon was covering the, covering the inside and – Alonzo goes and he goes again. I thought that was a little bit uncouth. That was late. Um, well, totally because it was like pretty late when he made that. It, they that were still move. they were still flat out. <laughs> they weren't in the braking zone yet, but it still was a late move at at full chat. Which uh, yeah, well, those those got, those uh, kind of crashes don't end well if they happen. Yeah, well, and then you have to, uh, you know, then Alonzo got pushed. To the inside, got off up the Rutledge or whatever. Huh? Yeah, I, on the side of the the clag. The, drive, the uh, clag, as Hobbs would say. I don't know. I kind of like the Rutledge because the Rutledge you know, sounds more like all kinds of crap instead of just the rubber balls that peel off the tires. But you know, our good old Hobbs, the clag. So, so Alonzo was trying to go. <laughs> And he didn't make it happen. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Did you practice all week for that? Uh, no, I, but I was I was very ner- I was very nervous that I was going to push the right button. But look at me. <laughs> what, if it, what if it was? What if it was one of those Beavis and Butthead? Oh, I no. am Cornholio. Or yeah, I need, like I, that need to, come up. I need to get some of those. I guess. But I, I, I thought it was cool that they let him race. I mean, it was really cool that because uh, oh, man, what's his? Well, I'm trying to remember the team principal at at uh, Alpine. Boy, great, great, great! F1 does. No, he's a, he has a he has no he has a he has a a name like that, but he's got it's the Zach, most American. Sounded voice. It's Zach. It's Zach Brown. No, that's it? no. It's um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he, he was the he was on for the oh, I know Sky who it Sports. Is. I know who it is. It's it's Pepe Le Pew. Okay, now we're now we're getting we're borderline culturally insensitive here. Okay, so let's. Reel no, that it was back. a cartoon when I was a kid. Yeah, but a, he got he got canceled for being rapey, man. Well, not when I was a kid. People didn't let yeah. that stuff roll off their back. Let's, let's not talk about what the world was like when you were a kid, because <laughs> it's what too long ago. this fuss about? This is an F one podcast. Let's remind that. I'm just going to remind you. This is an F one oh, podcast. Let me go take. Let me go take my Aerosmith. <laughs> okay, but I mean, he was the he was the when uh, for the Sky Sports. He was the. Now let's check in with the team principal and he was like have you told the drivers to cut it out and he's like oh we haven't talked to him yet we're just letting him race and i'm like okay yeah that was that was a really cool um kind of that trackside interview between the commentators and it's usually done with christian horner yeah but or zach brown or, but i mean it's i think they have to yeah. agree with it but because i've never heard toto i've never heard uh um, well, I don't think they asked the Ferrari Toto, guy. I think I think yeah, Toto Wolf is a guy that could probably communicate 100 percent with cuss words, <laughs> being every sentence made out of 100 percent cuss words. So, 
So That's probably there. Never mind. No, keep going. <laughs> I, this is, I, was, I was done. Okay. I was done. What do you think? Do you think he, that I, I, I think, I think as fun as it was, I just don't think it's a very smart strategy because all the time that they're battling back and forth that you're running the risk of having something happen to either one of the cars or if not both, you're allowing, in this case, Botas and Magnuson to just gain time on you and you to lose time to Mercedes and the and the front of the field. I mean, I feel like they're like, well, we're going to finish in this position anyway, so we might as well create a bunch of opportunities for us to crash. So we get nothing. Um. I, I mean, well, but, at one point, no, Magnuson I got mean, past Ocon. It, they, it cost him so much time that he was actually got passed by Magnuson. Bad, bad, bad strategy, but great to watch. I think that's exactly what I'm and saying. And we'll leave it at that. And I uh, think I think that they even they even recognized that, and they they said we need to be, um, we need to be. Sorry, uh, we need to react to it sooner. Like we want to let him race, but um, we can't allow it to cost us cost us positioning in the race. So, well, and kudos it, and to it them. worked. It, it was worked. fun to watch. It, it sort of, it pretty much worked out as far as not wrecking each other. But I, I agree. I think that uh, that they they lost some points uh, due to it. They they gave up a position. Yeah. So moving on, who's next? Where are we at? Norris. Norris. Uh, well, Lando. That was, that was a much, much, I think P7 is a much improved race uh, uh, jump than out of the points entirely. Definitely. Um, but I think it was kind of track, track specific and, you know, strategy. Um, I don't think that the McLaren is where it needs to be or where we thought it would be at the end of last year coming into this season. And, I mean, they're... They're ninth, eighth or ninth, seventh, eighth, ninth fastest car on the grid in in out and outright pace. Yeah, um, but they were really they had the pace at the end of last year. It's really again the change in the the uh, uh, regulations leading to different to the more da- da- ground effect type of approach uh, didn't fare well with McLaren because they were really doing well into last year and I was expecting them to do a lot better. I figured they'd come in with some kind of Well and even at some super... at the testing. Even as I mean last year, yes, but even as early as testing in Barcelona and I, I thought they were gonna be right up at, in fourth. Well wasn't it is it is it Sam Collins, one of the commentators with the uh, the race or oh, Formula know. One podcast? I don't know. Um him and someone else on that team, uh, broadcast team, thought for sure McLaren had something up their sleeve, kind of a thing. Yeah. So I was in that camp after testing, but well, yeah, I was stoked to. I was going to load my uh, fantasy team with these guys, but no. Oh, Norris is on. I think two of mine. I think he might be on both of my teams. I'm not sure, or maybe I couldn't afford him, but. I know I'm pretty sure he's on one of my teams, but I mean I like Norris. Um, yeah. But I mean I think this having a P7 finish is definitely going to be a morale boost. It just does suck that it also came with a DNF from Danny. Um. 
but yeah, but we got to move on. Holy cow, we haven't even talked about. Come on, baby. Um, we got to talk about Gasly. Um, apparently, was plus, I'm, just... plus I'm plus I'm an old man, and I, I I may need to make a trip to the bathroom. So. <laughs> okay, well let's let's maybe move every... on, man. Yeah, I think we Gasly. Come on, man. Gasly in the points again, uh, but apparently was suffering from severe abdominal pain the whole race. Um, they was needing to be checked out by doctors at the end. He was just in some sheer agony. Um, but like so, driving driving a car like that is not sheer agony to begin with. Yeah, let's throw on. I can't like, imagine feeling ill during driving a car like that and actually he's doing pretty damn good. He said that he felt like he was being stabbed in the abdomen. And there, I listened to some of the onboard radio. He was like literally screaming, in pain. And yeah, can you? Jeez, these guys are so mentally tough. It's just unbelievable. And then, and then I was listening to the race talk about it, and he said he was standing there. One of the guys was standing there interviewing. He's like, "What are you doing talking to me, man? Go to the doctor." He's like, "There was no, <laughs> there was no doubt in my mind that he was actively feeling." The pain that he was saying. It wasn't like, yeah, you know, I just really didn't feel good today. He was like, he's like, get, yeah. go away. <laughs> go get seen. <laughs> so, way to go, Gasly, for just, toughing it out. But, gee, many workers. I, yeah, I can just see when, when, Pierre, when Pierre went home that night, his mom said, you need more fiber, young oh man. My God. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm um, a little off. And, and you're in ours. I'm not, I haven't started drinking, though. Okay. I, Urinar's boys, Magnuson. I know we both had him as our star driver. He was in the points again, so that was good. But I yeah. think I think he had a little bit of miss up in um quali and he he actually could have he was on a he was on pace for could have been a, a P five uh quali finish. So uh still still someone to watch for sure. Um Joe had his penalty uh for leaving the track and gaining an advantage. Um which is bad. He also this for the second race in a row on the start engaged the anti stall. So he really needs to work on keeping his revs up. I know, like like I can say that because I know how to do that. But I'm just saying <laughs> that is what. Oh boy, I could tell a story, people. Oh brother! In, the, in, in all the fans out there about when it was time for Andrew to learn how to drive a car. And, oh, let's. I think. Oh man, no. And, I think don't. We're, we're running when, out of time. <laughs> And when and when I I because I'm just a hard ass dad, he was going to learn how to use a standard transmission, damn it, because I had to. No, I bought that. I bought the red pickup. I wanted the red pickup truck, and it was a manual. Yeah, but when we we were first learning, how I blew you and your sister away of starting a standard car. Going up a mild incline without even having to increase the gas. It was impressive. You remember that? I do. So, and then we we switch over to you. F one podcast. Oh my god. Okay, no, you're a good driver, answer. I'm just playing with you. Well, I had a a good teacher. The one that I remember, I know. The one that I remember that I hated you at the time, but I was so thankful. We were driving back. I had my learner's permit. We were driving back over over I-70, the Rocky Mountains, and it was snowing something fierce. 
and you pull over and you go, okay, your turn to drive. And I was like, oh, thanks. Dad. I, I appreciate it. I don't, I don't really feel one like I want to drive right now. And he's like, well, we're not leaving this spot until you're driving the car. <laughs> and he made me drive over yep. Eisenhower Pass in the snowstorm. Uh, I was mad at you then, but I'm thinking. Vale, vale is always, Vale is always the best pass for deep, nasty snow, though. Yeah. Well, you have to learn how to do that. You do. You got to learn. And these guys learn. Uh, who who didn't learn was was Joe again though, and Joe. the their team because they came in to serve their five second stop go penalty that they re- received and blew the penalty and got a penalty for blowing the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Adding insult uh, to injury. Uh, does that Jackman probably had lines, quite a so. talking to? Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! But, uh, you I know, still, ha- I still think he's. I still will pick him for being on my fantasy racing team, probably because that's the only money I had left. I don't. <laughs> no, no, that, I did that. No, I don't know. What a deal with that! Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The bad luck of racing. Well, I think he also he's his rookie year. It's his second race. Uh, he just has some stuff he needs to work on. Uh, and But out and out, right, he only looks about five-tenths off of Botas in his rookie year. So that's... Um, yeah. It's not, a, it's not a terrible start. We'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, I'm sticking with Ferrari power, baby. Hulkenberg got lucky because of the Stroll-Albon incident and finished above the both. But, you know, we're, I think this is the end of... Hopefully not the end of Hulkenberg. We might see him and he... You know, with the the super the super saver the super sub, um, yeah, might return. But um, I th- you know, uh, Vettel's going to be back in the car in Australia, as far as we know. Um, mm-hmm. Albon did end up with a, a three grid spot penalty um, for his collision that he caused with Stroll. Uh, I think Albon's just trying to do everything he can in a car that's just really off the pace still. Um. And the, we're down into the to the DNFs now, and the the biggest DNF that we were saving, us kind of saving for last, besides Botas, is just typical bad luck. Qualify good, race is good, and then has a DNF because he can't help it. Um, so I still have Botas on both of my teams, and I think he's going to have a pretty good season if they can figure out the reliability there. But like you hinted at the beginning of this podcast, and the other big big news um coming out of of saudi arabia was mix 33 g impact boy <laughs> that was a shunt man that was a that was a big crash um boy it, it, it looked so much worse than it actually to see that car the way it shinged and bedinged off the walls and how he gets out of the car i mean it was you know? cement he ran into cement Going 160 well, miles an hour. Well, it, it didn't the whole rear unit fall off when well, they were well, that's, lifting it onto the. That's, that's something that they designed. They designed that's more. There was a bunch of big safety upgrades to the car this season. Well, that's why. And that's why one of the guys, things is that they dis they they when they crash they disintegrate. I mean, we saw it with uh, the Williams when he when they ran in when he ran in Albon ran into Stroll. Um. It's a safety thing. It that that dissipation of energy from the car just 
going to bits. Yeah. It that transfers less energy into the the car. And then we saw that. I mean, thirty three G's is still a one heck of an impact. Oh, that's a wallop. I mean, Jensen Button was on the commentary for that and he was like, He's gonna have some headaches and he's gonna be sore for he's gonna be a sore boy for a couple of days. Um Oh yeah, I'm not just saying that I'm not to say that it didn't sting or hurt, but well, and completely to, destroy a car. Well, it, it, it that's why it, the safety feature of that is, is what makes the crashes more dramatic when pieces and bits are flying off, taking away that energy. But uh, it's still a violent, violent uh, kind of activity for sure. But the question that Big's asking is, did it need to happen at all? Because we saw multiple, we we saw multiple crashes at the same turn being caused by the same culprit. That that high curb at the turn of nine in the nine ten complex there, there was a huge P two or F two crash in practice that caused the F two driver to not compete throughout the whole weekend. Um, and we saw, yeah. I think it was Ocon and I think Alonso. There were several people at the end of qualifying that had to bail out of their laps for having that same high centery curb exit happen. Um, yeah. And you had drivers like Ricardo saying, you know, I like a difficult track. I like a track that, that makes you pay for your mistakes, but there's paying for your mistakes and then there's being outright dangerous. And I think there was some, some sentiment of that, um, at the end of last year. And we didn't see similar incidences like we had with Magnuson or with Russell and, and, uh, Mazaspin. You know, we didn't see the running into kind of accordion effect, but I don't think they foresaw the ride height change, but they should have. I mean, it's a ground effect car. Um, well, they, couldn't they have, they've made adjustments to track curbing in a, in a weekend during free yeah. practice before another track. Yeah. So that's, that's the that's, other thing that, that makes it even more silly that you have, it's, the very dangerous, the most dangerous spot on the track anyway. And it is proving to be so. Uh, they could have modified those, that curve easily overnight. Just shave they down do the curve, yeah. Well, they, they've done it elsewhere yeah. before because it was just an unsafe track. But I don't or, know. Or, I mean, FIA could have easily said track limits are now the curb. You know? Yeah. Right. You can't yeah. go over the curb. And if you do, you, yeah, you're DNF, maybe. Uh, and kudos to Mick for 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 going through that and saying, "Oh, well, I want to race." I think it was smart for Gunther and the team to just take the L and and make sure he recovers fully, or because right, you know, well, as, as much as a young a young guy thinks he can do stuff, I mean, he thought he could get through that section at the pace he was going the first time when he wasn't banged up by a 33 G crash. Right. Uh, yeah, I think looking to the future, (laughs) letting him kind of calm down and recover properly is, is a smart, you know, that's a smart play, uh, in the long run. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree totally with that, but I think there was also another thing that played into that, that one, I think Martin Brundle brought it up during the broadcast is that, um, Haas is kind of down on spare parts. And so they they took that. I think that played into it. I think it was 
it, it was about Mick Schumacher's health and well-being and psyche more than that, but it, it made it a little bit easier to well, but they, if all, that is in fact the case. It all ties together because so, if they're running low on parts, it's the second race of the the, the longest race yeah. in the history of the sport. Yeah, got to take a take a deep breath, Mick. We'll we'll put you in again later. You know, <laughs> yeah. You only get no, so but, many I mean, of these, buddy. Was, we only get so many of these. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd imagine he was. Although, I, was he medically cleared? I think he was, I I think he was. That's but, what I. But I think I, he was too. It just doesn't make sense that. You know, he rattled his brain a little bit. That's gonna that's gonna leave a mark, even if it's not physical. definitely. But did that was the halo much involved in the? Yeah, in, I, I in think him they, walking away. You think? I think they saw some of the replays that again we're seeing we're seeing the halo paying dividends, and there was a especially oh, with man, these that's, tires that's and awesome. stuff being able to to give away. I mean, they're supposed to be tethered, but I think even at the tether length, that could still clock in the dome. And uh, having something there to stop that from happening is a good idea. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, even something as small and lightweight as a radiator coming up, getting shinged or off the a, wall. And, or a suspension spring or something, because I, oh, I do God, remember well, that yeah. taking the life of one of the greats. Yeah, it was a some kind of suspension piece that got him. So yeah. I think we can, like, I think... I'll I'll agree with it. I think, um, or with Daniel, that I do like tracks that are difficult, and I I do think Jeddah makes for an exhilarating. I can't imagine watching it live. It must look absolutely insane because it it looks fast on the TV, and everybody says even when they look, you know, slow on TV, they're going an a, an, an unbelievable speed. But to kind of, it seems like it it plays into where we'll bring it full circle. It kind of plays into the to talk of the whole Saudi Arabia thing that it all just seems like a gimmick a little bit and like that it was intentionally designed to be the fastest street circuit and, and to put a bunch of eyes and to cost a bunch of money and generate a bunch of money. And it, it, I think we're, we're, we're kind of overlooking some of the things like a, we shouldn't really be there in the first place. And just because something's exciting to watch doesn't mean we should do it because it could be potentially very dangerous. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't want to watch another Formula One driver die uh, for excitement reasons. Definitely. Um, or be yeah. maimed. Yeah, or be maimed or lose a career or, you know, what, yeah, what if it, what if it is something like that where they don't die, but they're out of the championship because they're, they're, they're broken or they're out of the yeah, car forever. Exactly. For, or they know, lose their ability to, uh, to even complete their career. What was the, Polish guy, Kubica. Oh yeah, you know he he basically had his arm pretty much ripped off on that one crash. And yeah, man, what a what a gut out to try and come back to racing, but he never was the same. Yeah. Well, on that uplifting note, let's 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 bring it. Let's 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 recall all of the brilliant wheel to wheel racing that we saw and and seeming like this new era of F one where we're going to have not only overtakes but challenges to come back after you've been overtaked you know like that wasn't the era that wasn't the norm in the hybrid era if you got past you got past and there was it wasn't what we saw where you got past and then okay on the next turn or the next sequence we're gonna come back at them you know i think that's 
where I want to leave the leave the end of this podcast is is just how cool and 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 seemingly that the regs that we did design to make more entertaining racing are at least in the first two races paying off. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, there's it's 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 another era, and hopefully it just keeps getting better and better. I like it a as lot. people get more used to. I like it a lot. Yeah, uh, at, that's, that's, I like I like our fans a lot because we got a foul. <laughs> we got them. We got a lot now. Um, I don't think we, it's going to be like that every race. Uh, I I still I'm not seeing you know we going to Monaco and we're seeing you know position changes every lap. But um, hopefully we will see a, a, a more of what we've seen at, at, on offer from the first two races uh, continued. Yeah, I, I think what's that that best passing venue is uh, coming right out of the tunnel. Yeah, I, I still uh, I would like to see. I think we're going to see a lot of hullabaloo <laughs> down there. Yeah. Hullabaloo. Uh, thanks for listening to this hullabaloo for the last hour. Uh, if you've made it this far, we really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but we re- we appreciate if you listen to the first half too. It still counts. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thanks again for spending some time and uh, listening to Formula One. If you haven't joined our Grid Rival League, uh, do it before you're too far behind. Um, and uh, please, yeah. thanks. No, so- wait another race. <laughs> yeah, give give race. Dad, give Dad a chance. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, uh, we really appreciate it, and we uh, we'll see you again in a week or so after we uh, head to Australia. Yeah, boom shakalaka. Later.